2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and all state insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, Philly's pitchers and catchers have reported to Clearwater, and we've got the radio voice of the Phil Scott Fransky with us tonight. The Sixers bounce back for four straight losses with three straight wins. The mystery continues. Inquire.com keeps Pompey will join us to tell us all about what's going on with that bunch. The Flyers have gone two and two since last Wednesday with two big wins mixed in with probably their worst game of the season, that five nothing blowout by the Devils. Today they hold the second playoff spot, but that's changing daily. The Eagles have finalized their staff without a designated offensive coordinator. We'll talk some about that. And we have the twenty twenty season premiere of Random Q2 tonight as well. Bill, you buried the lead, man. The season four premiere of Random Q2. And if you're a new listener, stick around. It is a great fun segment that we do when I put Bill on the hot seat for a couple of minutes for 10 straight weeks. To quote Tom McGinnis, get excited! (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm I'm a little excited because I just never know where that's all going to go. So uh, (laughs) I'm just hoping I don't get quizzed on music. movies because things, you know, they, they go south in our area there. Oh, I know. There is one movie question in there, maybe, that you'll hit at some point, but nothing you can't handle. All right. Well, that's good. Hey, before we start talking Phillies, Jed, I have to mention that your Penn State Nippy Lions have climbed up to number 13 in the rankings. They're 19-5, and five, presently in second place in the Big Ten behind Denny Malloy's Maryland Terrapins. They're big dance bound, those Nippy Lions. I was going to post a pic of the latest top 25 rankings on Tuesday because in the middle of that set of rankings, it showed Penn State at number 13, as you said, two slots ahead of Villanova at number 15. So, yeah, that's impressive. The Lions have won seven in a row, and clearly Pat Chambers has his team playing real well here in the final month of the regular season. Yeah. uh, Look out. <laughs> Look well, out. You know, the Big, the big Ten tournament's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Maryland's certainly the favorite in that. Penn State has kind of come out of nowhere. And uh, it's it's kind of exciting to, to see uh, big-time basketball in Happy Valley. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, I mean, they won the NIT a few years ago, which is not quite as exciting. But uh, going to be back in the big dance, as you said. They're playing real well right now. And, boy, I would love to see them knock off those Maryland Terrapins once again. So that would be great. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, hey, Chet. One other thing I wanted to throw at you before we get to our our regular stuff, and I'm I'm trying to this just pop back into my head. I'm trying to find the exact date, but did you know that the Army 
Navy baseball classic is going to be held at Citizens Bank Park this year. I didn't even know they had a baseball classic, to be honest. Well, I, I didn't <laughs> either. Um, but uh, my son heads up to my son, Chris, for uh, for finding this out. It's a Friday night in April, I believe. Uh, Friday night game and a doubleheader on Saturday. The Army and the Navy going to be playing at Citizens Bank Park in a little uh, – game set and the Phils are out of town obviously so uh that's kind of cool I mean it's certainly not football but uh it'd be kind of cool and I guess they've done it at a few other uh places Fenway Park I believe last year I didn't even know that nice but that's kind of cool maybe you'll be there there's a good chance I'm going to be there actually well let's talk a little baseball with our guest bring him on Bill all right well as mentioned pitchers and catchers have made their way to spring training with high hopes and we're excited to have the radio voice of the Phillies, Scott Fransky, with us tonight. Scott, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you again. Hey, Scott, this is Chet. That was Bill introducing you. Thanks for joining us once again for a second straight February. So, Scott, the pitchers and catchers are there in Clearwater, as are a number of position players, but not you. Apparently, broadcasters don't have to be there till next week. Is that right? I don't like to peak too soon. Um, you know, <laughs> I understand. Long you got to be in for the long haul. I understand. Yeah, you know, uh, um, uh, I, I let Larry do all my uh, on-the-ground reporting. <laughs> L.A. is down there. Um, it's a little different. He owns a house down there, so uh, it's a little different. He tends to spend a little winter time down there anyways. So, yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, actually, I talked to him uh, not long ago, and he was saying uh, what a great vibe uh, that is around you know, the first few days there and uh, talking to some of the pitchers, how excited they are to get to work with Brian Price and things of that nature. So, what, But, what yeah, am, I'll go down next week. Yeah, what about you? Do you still get excited about the start of spring training every winter, Scott? Yeah, I do. I, I, I usually look forward to the first uh, first set of games and – you know, I, I think spring training can be a little bit long, um, but I always get excited to to get it started, to get down there, you know, and again, we spend a lot of time with these folks um, day in and day out all year long, um, you know, not just uh, the team, but the folks who work for the team and work around the team and that we travel with. And, um, so, you know, kind of renewing acquaintances is a lot of fun and, and uh, you know, again, just get to see baseball again and uh you know, after a day like today, wet, cold, dreary here in Philadelphia, you know, it doesn't hurt to be down in the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, Scott, I, I, we'll talk a lot about pitching, but I, I want to certainly get, uh, to me, the guy that holds the keys to the car here for the Phils, and that's Reese Hoskins. He didn't have a very good year last year. Uh, what, what can we expect from him? And is he the guy that I, I said about this time last year, once they got Harper and got things going, that I was looking for an MVP-type season out of Hoskins, and it sure didn't turn out that way. No, it didn't. I mean, he had decent first half. Uh, good, not great, but good. Uh, and certainly good for a young player. Um, but the second half was just a uh, really just a disaster for him. And uh, I know he has spent a lot of time in the offseason thinking about it, uh, working on it, uh, trying to make some adjustments, uh, Saw him a few weeks ago during some of the promotional caravans, and he seems pretty excited to to work uh, day in and day out with Joe Dillon, their new hitting coach. Um, I think he's looking forward to that. Um, he's already gotten to know him a little bit, and and um, sounds like he he's identified a few things that he feels like will help him. But um, you know, again, that's off season talk. 
uh, it's going to be up to him to put up some numbers because, again, it's it's kind of an important year for him to, to let the franchise know whether or not he really is a guy you're building around, um, you can count on uh, to be a you know, 30 to 40 home run guy uh, and drive in 100 runs. And I think there were just too many down moments in the second half last year where he couldn't find his way out of that slump. And it, it kind of, I mean, you're well within your right if you want to question whether or not he's uh, a major piece for this team going forward. Well, and, and as a follow-up, I heard an interview a couple months back with uh, Ryan Howard, and I didn't even know this stat even existed, but they said that Reese Hoskins led the National League in launch angle. I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, I, I bet that drives your some of your partners crazy that, uh, <laughs> that, that that's even a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, part of the problem was a lot of that launch angle was straight up in the air. I mean, straight up in the air. You feel <laughs> pop-ups. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it was maddening at times. It really was. And, um, it was frustrating for him, number one. Uh, and it was tough for him to, you know, I, I think there's probably to do it over again. I think a lot of people around the club might do it a little bit differently. Um, you know, maybe the manager doesn't lean on him as heavily. Uh, maybe the hitting coach, um, whether it was John Maley or Charlie Manuel, uh, you know, try to rattle this cage and do something different. But I, I think really when it comes down to it is that Reese, um, Reese didn't make the adjustments. He did not make the adjustments he needed to make. And, and hopefully he's identified some of those things in the offseason, like he says he has, and hopefully they uh, turn out to be a positive for him. Well, Scott, the Phillies clearly didn't have enough pitching last year. They didn't have the pitching they needed to compete. Yeah. Now, they've added Zach Wheeler. What do you think of Wheeler, and do you have any idea what they might get from Jake Arrieta and the number four and five guys? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that's. I think it's, you know, Wheeler and Nola are pretty safe bets to have, you know, decent seasons, good seasons, front of the rotation type seasons. Um, the other three, I mean, that's, to me, where this, where everything with this team hinges. I mean, I, I do think, I, I don't think it takes a career year from Hoskins, Harper, Real Muto, McCutcheon, I don't, in order to win games. I think they'll score some runs, um, but it's going to be run prevention that makes all the difference, I think. And uh, if their starting pitching uh, can't hold up their end of the bargain, it's going to expose a bullpen that still has a lot of questions, still has, you know, you're relying on guys that are coming back after injuries. And, and a lot of them. And so, you know, or guys you're trying to kind of find a, you know, catch lightning in a bottle in that bullpen. Uh, some folks that have had success in the past that you're trying to maybe rekindle some of that. So to me, Arietta's huge. Eflin's huge. Pavetta's huge. If one of them falters, Vince Velasquez could be huge. But again, um, you know, we're going to see a different pitching coach at the helm, and maybe that will help those guys. We hope. Uh, Jake Arrieta certainly is, you know, certainly Jake Arrieta's talking the right game, but again, it's early in spring, but he says he's healthy, and that should help. Well, when we, we no longer have Mikel Franco with us at third base, we kind of have a hole there. It looks like, I would guess, Scott Kingry is probably that guy going into spring training. Uh, do you see that playing out that way, and where do you see Alex Baum? I, I I'm the I'm leading the uh, the bomb charge. I really like him. He hits everywhere he goes. Yeah, I mean, I think at the outset, Kingery uh, will be at third base. I mean, they may we may see in spring training some of Gene Segura at third and Kingery at second. 
Um, that's a possibility. Uh, neither one of them, for me, profiles as you know that power corner bat that uh, you know teams like to have at, at third base. And obviously, the Phillies have a certain history there for sure. But uh, they're going to give Alec Bohm a good long look in spring training. I mean, they, I doubt that he wins the job in spring training, but you never know. I mean, two years ago at this time, we were we weren't thinking that Scott Kingery could win a job coming out of camp not only did we win a job but he sort of lit a fire on everybody and got that contract for himself and, and uh so i mean it's possible but i think the likelihood that he starts in triple a is pretty high and i think I, I but i do think they're gonna we're gonna see a lot of him in spring training i would bet scott what about the outfield we know bryce harper is going to be in right 99 percent of the time uh mccutcheon we hope is healthy right. and will be in left do you have confidence in Adam Hazley playing center, or might Roman Quinn steal that job? You still have other guys like Nick Williams, Neil Walker in the picture, I guess. How do you see the outfield? Yeah, it's interesting, um, you know, because they've got a Jay Bruce who's going to play some left field, obviously. Yeah. He's still here. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Hazley, I think, is sort of the incumbent. I think the fact that he played such great defense at the end of last season they're going to look for him to take a step forward with the bat. And, uh, you know, Roman Quinn has always been that sort of tantalizing talent. And if he's healthy and can swing the bat a little bit, the guy covers a ton of ground out there and he can steal bases for you, uh, you know, as probably with as much regularity as anybody in the league. But again, he's just so injury prone. Yep. And I don't know that you can. I, I I mean I I don't even know if you can use pencil. To put <laughs> I mean he has so much to prove. You know what I mean? Um, and Adam Hazley, I, I don't know. Just watching him last year, he didn't wow you. You know, he didn't like knock your socks off. But the more you watched him, the more you could appreciate mm-hmm. some of what he did. Um, Again, he's going to have to get a little better at the plate, and uh, you know he's getting bigger and getting stronger. And um, but I, I at first I was not convinced about his defense. By the end, it seemed like it improved every day. His defense got better. So um, and if that doesn't work, you know, or or Bohm is you know called upon, Kingery's an option in center with his speed and and whatnot. So uh, Joe Girardi has some options. I don't know what's going to turn out to be the best option, and it may take us a while to really find that out. Hey, Scott, I think we all kind of take Bryce Harper for granted a little bit. 260 last year, 35 home runs, 114 RBIs, 99 walks, 98 runs scored. Did the numbers lie to us a little bit? Was it that good a year? That's a pretty solid year right there. Pretty solid year. And remember, he didn't have a great start. I mean, he had a pretty rough month of April and even into May a little bit. Um before he took off. Um, but that's the kind of player he's – you go, go back and look, and, and not not necessarily his season numbers. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of good seasons he's had. But you can break those down in first half, second half, and he's had some – he can be an extremely streaky player. Um, and, you know, we saw him start to get hot in August and, and whatnot last year. Um, and he did some, you know, kind of big things when the team was still in the race and, and – kind of showed you what sort of a, a talent he could be, what kind of a difference maker he could be. Um, no, I, I don't think the numbers on that lied. I mean, I think I, I thought it was a, a, a good season. And I don't know how anybody's going to live up to the contract he signed. Hmm. 
him or anyone else, um, especially out of the gate. And I think, at least from my seat, um, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more out of Bryce Harper. I mean, he was certainly not the reason the Phillies didn't finish in contention. He was by, far from it. Well, Scott, there are some rule changes this year. The 26-man roster, the relief pitcher has to face at least three batters unless it's you know at the end of a half inning. But I want to ask you about something else, and this is not a change this year, but it might happen in the future. They're talking about expanding the field of teams for the postseason from five to seven in each league, perhaps shortening the regular season along with that. What's your view of this? i got to tell you, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it either. I get some of the reasons why they're they're toying with the idea um, and some of the reasons they feel like uh, it's a good idea. Um, number one is money, obviously, and, and uh, you know, the league is trying to make more money for its owners, and, and this would do that because they're going to make their money. They're going to make the, the big paydays on, on having extra playoff games um, and that television revenue. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Are there are there more teams involved? Sure, I guess so. Um, but I just think um, I just think the see uh, to me, if you're going to do it, you might as well make the the regular season shorter, um, and and be able to work with an expanded playoff format. Because uh, to me, you're still you're just they're kind of like throwaway game. So now you're you're seven teams deep into the National League, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're ha- you got half the league going to the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, and for me, that's just like what was the point of playing 162? The the idea has always been by playing 162, you find out who truly is the best team. That was always the point, and yes, if you have four teams. I, I've heard the argument, like, don't say you're a purist and say, well, I'm a purist, so I don't like this new format. Because if you're a purist, did you, you want it just to be American League versus National League for the World Series, and that's the only playoff, right? So there's different times we made changes throughout history, and the game is supposed to evolve, and I'm fine with that. But I just, it's such a big number, and you get into, like, the seventh team, and I don't know, let's go back over the last 10 years. The seventh team in, in the league, the seventh team in the league this year, they got any chance to beat the Dodgers? I no. think not. In, it, right. In the postseason, do they no. have any chance? No. Like, like uh, virtually no chance. It will happen every now and then, right? The number two beats the number 15 seed every now and then, and there's that one outlier where the 16 seed won, right? Yes, right. I get it. It happens. But – you're basically just making the Dodgers play three more games, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For them to get on to the to the real thing. To me, I, I just don't like it. I, I, if you're going to play, if you're going to have that many playoff games and, and that many teams in the playoffs, just shorten the regular season. You sure you just don't want to call a, call a baseball game on Thanksgiving in Toronto? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, I know it's a joke, but that's a legitimate concern is yeah. trying to make this work without appreciably lengthening the calendar, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is basically what they're still trying to do, is shoehorn this stuff in there. There'll be less off days in the playoffs. And, you know, thinking back to our days in the playoffs, 
that's actually not so bad. I mean, we have baseball people are creatures of habit, and they have those routines. You go to a city and you play three days in a row. You don't take days off. You don't, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so maybe that will be okay for the playoffs. But uh, you know, right now, at least some of those off days give fans the built-in time to either take a pause or or uh, ratchet up their trash talk with their neighbors or, or whatever. But I don't know. To me, again, I, I just think you've watered it down so much that I, I don't need to see the sixth and seventh best team in the league get drummed out of the playoffs in the first round. I'm with you. Hey, uh, one other thing I have for you, Scott, Joe Girardi, you mentioned him. He's now at the helm. What kind of excitement do you see him bringing? And, uh, you know, I think we none of us were really overwhelmed with the Gabe Kapler situation. Uh, Girardi certainly seems like a Philly kind of guy, and he's certainly a baseball guy. Definitely a baseball guy. Definitely um, sort of lives and breathes to win. And um, that's his makeup. It's been his makeup since he was a, an early player in the minor leagues, um, as long as he's played this game um, and then coached and managed. Um, he's, he's there to win. That's his sole goal. Um, I I have spent only a tiny bit of time around him. I've been impressed. I've been impressed every time I've seen him, you know, on camera or in front of an audience, whether it be the media or whether it be fans, which we saw a bit of last month. And he handles every question, it seems, perfectly. Uh, I, 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 like, he's he has yet to say something that made me say, huh, that's weird, right? Right, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, and I don't get me wrong. I really like Gabe Kapler. He and I got along great, and um, I, you know, I'm not disparaging Gabe, but I think there's a definite difference in the presentation. You know, Gabe just speaks differently, and I think Joe Girardi speaks. A l- I think it's dumbing it down to say he's plain spoken because the guy is incredibly smart, but. He has a real conversational way with people, and he makes people relax, and he makes people feel at ease. And I think fans have already taken to that. I know, you know, the media has taken to that, and they have, you know, again, breath of fresh air. Now, granted, a year from now, two years from now, if he's not winning, fans will think differently. <laughs> that right. is just the nature of the game. And uh, he knows that, but again, his sole goal is to win, and how can you not like that? Last question, Scott. You worked all of last season with Kevin Franzen on the road, our pal Larry Anderson at home. Both great analysts, of course, but who's funnier? Who's funnier? Well, we always like to tell Larry that not everything he says is funny. We like to <laughs> knock him down a peg every now and then. Um, I find them both to be pretty funny, and obviously they're very different. They're different personalities. They really are. Um, so for me, it was a lot of fun to, uh, A, get to know Kevin, uh, a little bit more and get to see some different things. I mean, you know, Larry sees the game a certain way and Kevin sees it a certain way. And sometimes they see it the same way, but not always. And so it's fun to see those other viewpoints for me. And um, it was a great learning experience for me, um, not only from a baseball standpoint, but also from a broadcast standpoint, just to learn to, you know, work with, uh, you know, new talent and a new partner and, and, mm-hmm. um, no, it's been fun, and I hope the fans have enjoyed it as well. Cause, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Kevin has put a lot of effort into it, and uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he's moved from California to the Philly area, and, you know, he he wants to do this. He wants to be here for a long time, and, and 
I think that speaks volumes about his commitment to this. Um, you know, there's a lot of broadcasters out there, especially ex-players, that would just be like, oh, yeah, well, call me when you need me. He's kind of gotten in there, rolled up his sleeves, and said, I'm willing to do whatever, whenever. Just let me know what you need, because he's excited to do it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Yep, and a lot of fun for us as listeners, too, I might add. So, Well, good. I, I hope you enjoy it. Because, um, again, it's a different perspective. He brings something different to the table. But, um, you know, we all still love Larry to death, and, and uh, I hope he'll do it for many, many more years. I really do. Um, but, um, you know, again, uh, I think it also is great for a fan to hear some other voices and hear some different viewpoints now and then. Absolutely. Well, Scott, we have run out of time. We could do this for a couple hours, but uh, we certainly think uh, thank you for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. It's awesome stuff. No, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Scott. All right. Enjoy Florida. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks. You know I'm a big fan of our Philly sports teams, and I'm also a huge fan of the Irish Rovers Station House. For one thing, there's a great variety of food and drink, a terrific menu, plus lunch specials, dinner specials, happy hour specials, and always 24 beers on tap. But beyond that, it's friendly, competent folks working there. The bartenders and wait staff will take real good care of you. There are live bands most Saturdays, never enough this Saturday night, and acoustic duos there many Sunday afternoons. There are also some special things happening in the days ahead in connection with Valentine's Day. Check it out for yourself. The Irish Rover Station House is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne and on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. And, Bill, this is a little reminder for the folks down in Clearwater. Absolutely. Nothing like uh, spring training in Florida, Chip. Well, hey, it's time to kick off our season premiere, Brandon Q2. Tell the listeners how it works, and let's get it done. All righty. Yeah, it was such a huge hit, Bill. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it anyway, that we're bringing it back for a fourth straight winter. As was the case in previous years, Random Q2, a little 10-week series where over two minutes or so each week, I hit Bill with two questions, one about a sports topic, something timely usually. The second question, then one of 10 random questions that have already been written down. Bill chooses a number, picks one from 1 to 10 for that one. That's all there is to it. So here we go, Bill. Question number one of our season premiere of Random Q2. I know you're not a fan of the major sports all-star games, but we do have an NBA all-star game this weekend. What do you think about this rather odd way that they're doing it this year? Basically three quarters that will act as mini games and then some sort of target score ending that's involving the number 24 in honor of Kobe Bryant. Do you understand it, and what do you think about it? Uh, be honest with you, I didn't even know about it uh, because that's how much I care about it. I certainly have no problem with our, uh, honoring Kobe Bryant again. Uh, that's all good, but couldn't care less about the game. <laughs> I understand. All right, for your second question, Bill, same as in past years, you pick a number, any number, 1 through 10. you got 10 choices for week one here. Well, I'm going with number one because that's where the fills are going to end up. Oh, well, you, you mentioned uh, that you're not a big movie guy, and I told you there was one movie question in there, and that is it right here, <laughs> number one, but it's an easy one. I have faith that you can answer this one. What is the best mob movie, The Godfather Part 1, The Godfather Part 2, Goodfellas, Casino, or something else? Oh, uh, I'll go with Godfather Part 1. All right. You know, you know. the funny thing is I haven't seen Godfather Part 1 or 2 or Goodfellas since they were out back in the 70s and early 80s in Goodfellas' case. Uh, I haven't well, watched them and again. Neither, neither have I. Neither have I. So I was, 
I was reaching deep there. Yeah. Well, when I retire, I'm going to like I'm not watch. I'm sure where I put my keys when I came in. <laughs> I'm going to watch every movie again when I retire. Every single movie <laughs> ever made. All right, that's it. That's all we got for Random Q2, and it's perfect timing because uh, we have our next guest. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's talk uh, Sixers with our good friend Keith Pompey from Inquire.com. Keith, the, the Sixers are a mystery. They lose four. They win three. They're inconsistent. They're great. Let's get to the bottom of it. What's going on with these guys? Hey, Keith. The inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Keith, let me ask you. We, we last talked to you 51 weeks ago, right after the All-Star game. This time we're catching you before the All-Star contest. Yeah, as Bill said, the Sixers are just so up and down. The four-game skid and then the three straight wins, including a very impressive one over the tough L.A. Clippers Tuesday night. How do you explain this team? You know, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's hard to explain them. You know, it's, it's one of those things where uh, I, it's, you, you know that they have talent. I mean, and they get they get up for the big games. And sometimes I used to think early on that they were so focused on the playoffs to whereas there were certain games where they just said, oh, man, we're playing Brooklyn. Oh, man, we're playing such – they were playing the Knicks. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? And they would go through the motions, it seems like, and then they would end up losing. But, um, you know, it's, it's just – it's weird. I, I don't know if it's – I mean, it has to be lack of focus. I'm going to say I don't know. But it has to be a lack of focus, especially on the road. And uh, early on, I was I thought that it was one of those things where, you know, when you're home, you tend to don't panic when stuff is going crazy, like in a close game late. You know, you tend to you know you're going to get the the a lift from the crowd, and then on the road you don't get it, and then guys start trying to play hero ball, trying to do things by themselves, and um, they end up losing. But it's bizarre because they're com- two completely different teams, you know, at home and away. And it's regardless of who plays. You know, some people say Embiid missed games. Well, you know, they, they even when Embiid was there, they got smashed on the road. So, you know, it's just, you know, two completely teams. And the funny thing is they're still on pace to win 51, 52, 53 games. And I think most of us look at that as, as a little bit of a disappointment. And does that put Brett Brown on the hot seat, do you think, Keith? It does, because, you know, when you have four guys who are going to make over $100 million next season, you know, someone has to be – I mean, when you do that, you're basically saying you're trying to win the championship. And if you go out in the second round, you know, if you probably don't even make it to the finals, you know, someone's going to get the blame for it. Because they're not going to blame the play, even though they blame the players, they can't get rid of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that being said, it's going to have to be Brett Brown. Yes, he is on a hot seat. Well, speaking of the players, uh, they didn't make any huge in-season trades this season, but I do like the two new additions, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. They've already had a bit of an impact. What will these two guys do for the team the rest of the way? You know, that's a great question. You know, and I think that Glenn. A lot. Oh, well, I think that Glenn Robinson the third. You know, he he's kind of like a upgrade from a James Ennis form. You know, a guy who can play the small forward, and also with them bringing uh, Al Horford off the bench, you look at a Glenn Robinson and you say that he can be, you know, your starting small forward if you want to. I know Furkan Korkmaz had back-to-back thirty-point games, and he's going to get you know every consideration, but it just seems to me that. You know, Furcon's a little bit too inconsistent, 
Like you don't have 30 points one night and you have zero the next. Yeah. So I look at Glenn Robinson third as a guy who can fit in there. And then you look at Alec. Alec can be someone who, you know, who can be the, the scorer off the bench. Like he's a ball-dominant player, but he can, goes out there, he gets buckets. You know, he averages he averaged 12 shots per game coming off the bench when he was with Golden State. So everyone was talking about, you know, a, a scorer off the bench. You know, he can be that Trey Burke type of guy, but he's bigger than Trey Burke. He's a better defender than Trey Burke. So when you look at it, it was just two upgrades from two guys that they had. Hey, Keith, is, uh, this is kind of a tough question, I guess, but you're with these guys every day. You see them every day. Is, is there really an elephant in the room with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, or is this more of a little bit of the fans' reaction to not liking things? Is, is, this, is this marriage going to last? Here's the thing. You know, two years ago, everyone said, I mean, everyone said that it was one of those things where, you know, they're just two different type of guys. They don't hang with each other. Both of them are, you know, Ben's the first overall pick. Joel's the third pick, you know, and so it's like you got two alpha dogs, so to speak. But two years ago, it kind of worked because they had shooters. Now, now it's kind of like they don't have shooters. Um, and because of that, the spacing is horrible. And the spacing is bad because maybe Ben doesn't take enough shots. You know what I mean? And also, Embiid knows that is bad, and Embiid says stuff, so he gets a little frustrated. But I, I kind of think that, you know, even though everyone's saying they have to break them up, they have to break them up, I'm going back to two years ago when they had J.J. Redick, Ersan Ilovisova, and Marco Bellinelli. You know, they played well together. You know, they really did. You know, he fed and beat a lot. They played well together. But if you don't have the right pieces around those two, then it's going to look bad. They're going to butt heads. You know, it's just one of those things. But they have to decide, do they want to win a championship? Like, everyone wants to be the alpha dog, but you got to decide if you want to be a, win a championship, you know? And and somebody's going to, one of them is going to have to sacrifice for the good of the team. I wasn't going to ask you about the Ben Simmons shooting thing, but I can't help myself. Uh, he's made, what, <laughs> two three-pointers. He made that nice little step-back jumper the other night. I know Brett Brown has encouraged him to shoot more. He's still not doing it. Is that ever going to change, Keith? You know, that's a great question. You know, and if every if people ask me that every year, and I keep saying, <laughs> oh, sure. yeah, 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 <laughs> and it doesn't. Oh, yeah, 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 and it doesn't. I don't know. I, I think it will get better. But, you know, the more that I look at Ben, like I like Ben. I mean, I think Ben is a, a great basketball player. I Do I think that he's a, a great point guard? I mean, I think that sometimes Ben is playing out of position. You know, I feel as if that, you know, Ben would be an all-world point forward, so to speak. And if he was playing that position, no one would really talk about his lack of three-point shooting. You know, and so, you know, he has to decide, like, if, in order for me to take that next step as a point guard, I am going to have to take these shots. If not, I think the Sixers are going to be better utilized going out there drafting a point guard or trying to uh, you know, get one in free agency or what, whatever and turn and bend into a, a point forward. You know, because you know, I, I, you know, in, until he takes that shot, you know, he's not going to be a complete point guard at all. 
Well, Keith, I, I don't know what exactly I expected from Tobias Harris uh, after signing that massive contract, but 19.7 rebounds, three assists is not what I was expecting. I was expecting a whole lot more. Are we getting what we need from him? And, and we certainly have him here for a long time. You know, it, 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 I think it's a tough situation for Tobias. Now, Tobias has had some games where he really hasn't, you know, played well. He had a couple clunkers. But at the same time, when you look at it, when Embiid doesn't play, Tobias is, is uh, more aggressive. You know, yeah. he, he they run more plays for him. And I, I, I kind of think that, you know, let's let's be honest. They gave Tobias all that money. Because if Tobias would have walked, the Sixers would have looked crazy, giving up Landry Shamit and giving up a first-round pick to yeah. the Clippers. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the Sixers gave him that money to keep him. Saved a little face. Saved a little face. But even with that, we all knew that he was the third option, right? The mm-hmm. third option. So Tobias's role now is basically, for the most part, is you stand in the corner – and they kick the ball out to you, and you do catch and shoot. <laughs> and really, Tobias, when he had success with the Clippers, he had the ball in his hand a lot. You know, he was a rhythm type of guy. So while he's making $180 million, his 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 role is completely different, completely different. So when people look at him play, they're going to say, oh, my gosh, he's stealing money, he's doing this, he's doing that. But in actuality, he's a third option to whereas, like you said, the team paid him all that money because they had to save face. Well, as we speak, Keith, the Sixers are the fifth seed in the East. Given their road struggles, can they get to the third or fourth spot and improve their chances of advancing in the playoffs? I like that they moved Horford to the bench. I like the addition of Burke and Glenn Robinson the third. Can they get to the third or fourth spot? I think they can. I think they could get definitely to the fourth spot. And the reason being is the Sixers right now, as we stand now, and and things are going to change, but they have the second easiest schedule, remaining schedule in the NBA. Now, the thing about it is I believe like Miami has the fourth or maybe the fifth. So that, that might be tough for them. But there are going to be some other teams that may hit some slides just because of their strength of schedule. But to me, even with that, Let's just say if the Sixers move up to four or move up to three, you know, they have to show me a lot more for them to basically uh, prove that they can get out of the second round because, you know, a lot of these teams that they're going to play are going to be bum squads. And the Sixers should be motivated now because they have something to play for against these teams. But what are they going to be able to do when they go up against the elite squads, like on the road and in a playoff series? So, to me, I think the Sixers will move up to number four. I expect them to move up to number four, and I expect them to battle at least for the third seed. But to me, that does not mean that they're going to get out of the second round because, you know, they have to show me that they can beat, they can, you know, beat an elite team on the road, and I'm not convinced that they can do that. Well, Keith, before we let you go, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you your opinion now on those New York football giants finally moving on from the Eli Manning era, which is about three or four years too late in my mind. Uh, they're make, making a lot of changes up Uh-oh. there. Uh, you, are you excited about the, the G-men? Yeah, because you know they got a Philly guy coaching them, right? A lot <laughs> yeah. of people don't know that. The guy went to yeah. Lansdale Catholic. Yep. 
So you know how it is. They need a Philly dude to go up there and get it right. So, <laughs> you know, you guys are going to be rooting for him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Hey, Keith, I have one last thing. It's All-Star Weekend for the NBA. I'm assuming you'll be out in Chicago for the festivities. Is that fun for a reporter, or is it still just a guy doing his job? Um, It's still a guy doing his job. I mean, it's like I'm here. Actually, I'm here now. Um, the thing about the All-Star Weekend, it's kind of like a made-for-TV event. You know, oh, it's yeah. like a lot of people get excited. And it's, I'm here now, like a guy said to me as I was walking up back to the hotel room, hey, Keith, you going out tonight? And I'm like, nah, man, I think I'm going to do some work in my room. And it's just to a point where the season is so long to when you get a break, you really want to have a break. You know what I mean? You don't want to, I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm just getting older, but I'm just <laughs> different. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's just, yep. it's a made-for-TV event, man. Yes, to me, it is. It's just a made-for-TV event. Gotcha. All right. Well, hey, Keith, we appreciate you taking time to join us. And uh, hopefully this uh, weekend goes well for you. And hopefully the Sixers make a little push here towards the end. And hopefully you guys ask me to come on again soon. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know that. Absolutely. We'll talk All a little right. football about those those Giants here before long. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know you know the only reason why I talk smack because I know the Giants are so bad that you guys won't get upset with <laughs> talk trash on Facebook. Like, you know. if you get mad with me talking trash, something's wrong with you. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate oh. it. All right, Keith. Thanks a lot, my man. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me on. All right. Hey, Chet, did you know that 56% of Americans have no idea how much they'll need to retire? If that sounds like you, you need to talk to Dave Lavoy from Allstate of Westchester, PA. Oh, and that's where I speak, isn't it? Now I have to find my script because we move things around. Yes, the same person building account on to help protect you can also <laughs> help you set a reasonable retirement goal and then show you the right financial solutions to help get you there. A good plan and a good life starts with someone you trust. So call Allstate agent Dave Lavoy in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700 and start planning for your retirement today. Again, Dave Lavoy at 610 610- 4300700 and you know bill here on february 13th we say happy 70th birthday to mr peter gabriel Hey, you know, Chet, I heard today on the radio, since it is Peter Gabriel's birthday, and I'm not a real follower of Peter Gabriel uh, in detail, but I, I learned today that his first album was titled Peter Gabriel. As was his and second his and second third. Album, <laughs> and third album yeah. titled Peter Gabriel. I know, how about he that? He finally got a new label, and the new label <laughs> said, you will have a title, and it won't be Peter Gabriel. Yeah, so I think he called the next one So, right? <laughs> Seriously, I yeah, I like Peter. Oh, he was wacky dude. I saw him in concert in the '90s. Great show. All right. Well, hey, speaking of great show, the Flyers bounced back from that awful five-nothing beating by the Devils to beat the Caps and the Panthers. They fought back to finally let one get away against the Islanders the other night. That was a heartbreaker. Uh, just 25 games left, Chet. Another big one tonight against the Panthers. They do have Carter Hart back, though. That's good. Yeah, um, Hart got a needed win in his return the other night, but then the Flyers did lose a tough one with Brian Elliott and Ned on Tuesday. The Islanders, you know, pulling that one out after the Flyers came back from a 3 nothing deficit to tie it. They let a point get away in that one, 
And every point matters when the race is as tight as it is, Bill. Oh, yeah. I mean, the standings are changing daily. Uh, there's four or five teams right in the mix there. And, uh, boy, every point is important. And uh, they, you're right. They let one get away. They came back in that back-to-back game, again, with the heavy feet, got behind 3 nothing. Fought like crazy, played a great second period to get the 3-2, played a great third period, and then in the last minute, what they just worked so hard for, they gave right back and ended up losing 5-3. By the way, I didn't see who's in net tonight, you know? Is it Elliott or they go back to Hart? I believe it is Hart scheduled for tonight. They're actually playing, so I yeah, haven't looked, yeah. but I believe Hart is scheduled in the in the goal tonight. Yeah, and they're on the road, correct? They are. So they he's, are yeah. uh, down in Florida. So he's yep. got he's well, to start winning you know, on the road. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, the thing about that game the other night, Chet, um, again, heavy skates, heavy feet, maybe off a back-to-back, but when it was a turnover, it ended up being a goal. You know, we had that problem last year a lot, and uh, not so much this year because they've done a better job of not turning the puck over, and the goaltenders have been pretty good. But uh, most of those goals weren't on Brian Elliott, and the the game winner was 100 miles an hour that snuck in under the crossbar in the corner. Yeah. Chance. I mean, I, I saw a lot of people jumping all over Elliot for letting that go in. I don't know how you stop that thing. Yeah, I know. Tough loss, especially after they tied it with a minute and a half left and then they give up the game winning goal in the final minute. Oh, well. Uh, and by the way, right before we went on the air this evening, I saw a tweet from Sam Carcitti that there's uh, increased talk about the Flyers maybe acquiring a center from the Kings, Tyler to Foley. He's got 15 goals, 16 assists, and apparently Ron Hextall, who's now back with the Kings, is scouting the Flyers as they play in Florida this evening. So maybe they're working on a trade. The uh, deadline's 11 days away. Maybe they'll pick this guy up, Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, well, and uh, I think Shane Gossesberger is certainly the chip that's being dangled the most uh, by the Flyers, but they have a lot of young players, and uh, who knows what's going to happen. And by the way, Morgan Frost is back up with the big club, although he was a healthy scratch the other night. Uh, he, along with a bunch of other youngsters, are, are with the big club. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of key games coming up here. We'll see how they do. The Penguins made a trade the other day getting up, getting that Jason Zucker. Boy, there's just so many good teams in the East. The East is better than the West this year, and that's a bit unusual maybe, but a lot of competition. The Flyers could finish anywhere from, you know, maybe fourth overall to out of the playoffs in the East. Oh, absolutely, and you know, like I said, they uh, the standings are changing daily. They they're in the eighth spot going into tonight, but they could be in the tenth spot at the end of the night. You know, that, yeah. that's how this thing's been working out. And of course, they all have to play each other, so you know, every game's important. Like we said, only twenty five to go. And by the way, how about uh, Jeremy Roenick getting canned by NBC Sports? Uh, he was suspended in December, and they just decided two days ago, you know, you're not coming back. So no more Jr. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I was going to ask you about that. So let's do it. I was going to try to squeeze it in here at the end, but let, let's talk for just a minute on it. You know, he, he got fired for for things that he said on a third-party deal on a podcast, yeah. like talking to us, you know. Um, is that fireable? Apparently it is. <laughs> I guess, you well, know. Well, I know it is to NBC Sports, but is it to, uh, to Chet? Yeah, I think it is, too, because you're always, even in a situation like that, you're still representing the company that you worked for. Like, if I did something kind of dumb right here on this little podcast – and it got back to my real employers, you know, Compass Media Networks. If I said something totally stupid or 
uh, well, <laughs> more stupid than usual, where I offended people. <laughs> you know, Maybe I'd be in trouble like too. Peter Gabriel or something. Exactly. No, if you say something like he did about, uh, I guess it was about having a threesome with uh, the lady who he worked with, I could see why the employer would have a problem with that. So yeah, I think it it is a fireable thing, and I understand it. I do feel bad for the guy though, because you know he obviously is a guy with a sense of humor, and he was making a joke. But you just you got to be careful in this day and age. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, Mr. Chesco, three nothing Flyers at the end of one. Whoa! How, How about, about that? that? Nice. I like Van, it. Van, like Van Riemsdyk with a goal and an assist in the first period. Gotta love it. All right. Well, hey, Chet, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out the Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And Jet, we're going to be back on Wednesday next week uh, for show number 275. Tell us about that and who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio. Well, first of all, give me that TBT. No, we got we got actual guests lined up already. Uh, It's funny though. uh, This week we had Scott Fransky, and I wanted to get a basketball person on. We got Keith Pompey, and as it turned out, I looked and last year, the third week of February, we had Scott Fransky and Keith Pompey. The same two guests. So I didn't even have to make a new JPEG, a little promo thing. I just used the one that I used last February 20th or wherever the hell it was. So we had Keith Pompey and Scott Fransky. Well, who did we have the following week after that last year? The same guest that we're going to have next week this year. Uh, next week, we get we have one of Philly's favorite Flyers legends joining us, his fourth visit, a great winger from the 1980s who played parts of 11 seasons with the Orange and Black and who still today is their second all-time leading goal scorer behind only Bill Barber. Yeah, the great Brian Propp will be making a return visit to Philly Press Box Radio. And we have another guest, too, another person to talk Sixers with us and another one of our very favorite guests. We seem to have her on every year in mid-February, right around her birthday, and that'll be the case next week. The awesome Dee Lynham joins us along with Brian Propp. Wow. Uh, Gotta like that. Both great guests. Always fun to have and awful, super knowledgeable for yep, sure. you know it. All right. Well, hey, Chad, I wanted to say, uh, get your opinion, Doug Peterson finally finalized his staff. Press Taylor becomes a quarterback coach, passing game coordinator, Stu Staley remains an assistant coach, running back coach, apparently didn't even get an interview, at least that's the word, for the coordinator job. I guess Doug calls the plays. It's not a big deal, but I'm interested in this move nonetheless. Yeah, it is kind of strange that you don't have an official offensive coordinator. But like you said, with Doug calling the plays, does it really matter? I mean, they're still going to put together a game plan. He's still going to call the plays. So as long as you have guys doing what they're supposed to do, Deuce working with the running backs and assisting in other capacities, uh, Press Taylor working on the passing game. Hopefully it will all get done. 
because, you know, we know Doug's calling the plays anyway. So not a big deal. And, of course, they also hired three former players last week. Uh, Connor Barwin, special assistant to the general manager, and a couple of guys who were just playing not that long ago, Brent Selleck and Darren Sproles, hired as personnel consultants. Now, whatever that means, I don't know, but they're you know going to be employed by the Eagles in some capacity. Yeah, well, I saw an interview with Selleck uh, since you mentioned it, and, and I guess one of his first tests is he's going down to the uh, to combine going to be part of the interview process and uh you know he he's got things that he looks at differently than talent and it's you know the will to play and all the things it takes to be an nfl player and apparently uh in, in one of his first ventures that's his task hmm. is we we got to find we got to find chemistry guys we got to find guys that want to play the game and that's interesting yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's the off season, and hopefully, all this will come together, and they'll start working on the draft. Who they're gonna, you know, pick up in the draft in April, and uh, before you know it, we'll be talking about training camp again. Yeah, it'll be uh, what June. June they'll be having their mini camp yeah, and things yeah. like that. It'll be it'll be rolling. Be here before you know it. Hopefully, yep. we got some uh, playoff hockey and playoff basketball and. Uh, and a, and a nice summer of Phillies baseball before we get all involved in that. Well, we know we're going to have playoff basketball. Hopefully it'll be more than one round worth. And uh, I'm still optimistic about the Flyers because I think their schedule is you know fairly favorable. And I like the way they're playing. The Phillies, who knows? Uh, I'm seeing a lot of predictions of just 77 to 85 wins. And, of course, that's not going to get you into the playoffs. So uh, we'll be watching the Phils. Yeah, well, and we'll we'll get to this. And Scott said exactly what we said last year. You know, we kind of thought they would out outscore them. Uh, you know, and then they got all injured and had all the problems and couldn't score any runs. Uh, that's still going to have to be the case if they're going to be successful. They're going to have to score runs because I think we all know the pitching staff did not improve that much. Speaking of pitching, do you know they have seventy-one players in camp? Forty of them are pitchers. <laughs> so. Yeah, Man. and Gabe Kapler would try to use every one of them if he had a <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully some of these guys so, will work out. That's right. All right, how about a parting shot tonight for you, Mr. Chesko? You know, I do I, not have one. I didn't prepare a parting shot, but I do have a couple other notes, and I'm going to throw this in here because I've saved this since last September. As you know, Bill, with football season over, we're giving Merrill Reese's great promo for us that we've used since September until last week. Some time off now, but I want to play this for you. When I interview Merrill every year ahead of the football season, he knows me as Jim. So when I had him do the promo for us last September, he got a little confused, I guess, when I told him to use the names Bill and Chet. So he was doing it kind of off the cuff, didn't write it down. And here was the... Outtake, Merrill's first promo for us. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese. You're listening to Jim and Chet on Press Box Radio. It's good. Uh, it's actually Bill and Chet. I'm oh, Chet. Bill and Chet. Yeah, Bill and Chet on Philly <laughs> Press Box Radio. Okay. So there you go. I saved that just for now to throw it out here in February because uh, Merrill's a great guy. And Jim and Chet. No. Hey, that's that's good stuff. And then the other guy. You know what I mean? The, that's you, the other guy. <laughs> Chet and the other guy. That's what I should have had him say. <laughs> that's right. Oh, well, man. hey, we have 30, uh, 30 Kate Beckett sale seconds. Anything you need to throw out there right quick so we can move on. Nothing new about Kate, but 
we haven't done this in a while. A reminder that if you're listening now, you obviously know how to find us, but please also subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts. They don't want you to call it iTunes anymore, Bill. It's Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. So make sure you subscribe to the show, Philly Pressbox Radio Roundtable on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher, Bullhorn, Player FM, Spotify, the TuneIn app, various other places. Check us out every week. You'll be glad you did. And like we said, a couple of great guests coming our, your way next week, D. Lynham and Brian Prop. Yep. And i tell you what, we're going to have a, a hard time uh, topping Scott Fransky and Keith Pompey. Those guys were money tonight. Oh, man. Two great guests. So uh, tell your friends, folks. Tell your friends. Listen to Philly Pressbox Radio Roundtable. That's right. And with that, we have reached the top of the hour. So let's thank tonight's guests, Scott Fransky and Keith Pompey. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118, Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chechesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday night, February 19th at 7 p.m. You can listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressbox, and on all the podcast stations that Chet just mentioned. So with that, high hopes build up your sports fans. Number 13 in the country.